What's up, y'all? My name's Leticia, and you're listening to Confessions from the Closet, a podcast all about vulnerability and overcoming. It's time we get ourselves unstuck from these boxes and these closets that we've allowed ourselves to be trapped in. We're so much bigger than these boxes we've been in. It's time we go deep, y'all. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Confessions from the Closet. Um, It's been a minute. We took two weeks off unexpectedly. We were going through some things, and uh, if you follow us on social media, you probably know some of the things that we've been through. Um, We just recently had a really tragic loss in our church family. Our pastor suddenly passed away, and uh, we just knew we needed some time to mourn. Um, and that's the main reason we haven't, haven't been doing this. Um, Ooh, my light's not up. Got to turn my light. Um, so, uh, thank y'all for y'all's patience and, um, all y'all's messages for people who have reached out. We really appreciate it. It's it's still very raw and yeah, very rough. He was very special. If you've listened to the episodes, you know I talked about him in every single episode, and I will continue to share pieces of the wisdom and grace he taught us. So (laughs) try not to cry too much today. Um, Today, you know, we're going to talk about something I just, I've been praying about and something you know, when we went through the beginning of like two weeks ago is when it happened. Um, what I felt the topic that would be the next thing for us to cover would be supporting someone, whether it be your friend or your spouse, as they go through depression and how to do that. Um, I've talked a little bit on here about how I've struggled with depression probably since I was like 20 years old. I'm 33. So um, I've struggled on and off with it. And going through this tough season, definitely feeling a lot of that and also seeing it in a lot of my closest friends and family members because we're all grieving together. Um, Struggling with depression, whether it's the first time ever or again, um, it's just really important to my heart. Depression's always been close. Um, Suicide, I don't know how much. I've talked about it on my mom's episode, I'm pretty sure, but um, I've attempted suicide and um thankfully not for a long time but depression's real and depression's scary and if you don't know how to cope with it or you've never supported someone through it um i know that's a weird thing to go through so we wanted to talk about that so i hope you stick around if you haven't already please like and subscribe on youtube or um leave us a comment on the apple podcast we really appreciate those and they help us a lot to get this message out there with the analytics especially with taking some time off it would really help us um just reach more people share this uh, if you know someone going through depression and you think they can um, benefit from what we're going to share um so like i said i started struggling with depression when i was 20 years old um i had been taking depression is a chemical thing usually Uh, It has to do with things not firing correctly for clinically depressed people anyways. Um, For me, it was. I know when you go through something tragic like this, depression is just a normal thing to feel. Um, But for me, I had been training to go fight in China and I couldn't cut weight. And so I started taking fat burners because this guy at the store told me to take four. I did. And then it really jacked up my body chemically. And that's when it all kind of started. And so... 
I started going through my depression. I was a college student. None of my friends had ever been around anyone who had gone through depression. We were like, you know, super FCA Jesus, Jesus people. And the, one of the things I was told a lot was fake it till you make it. And I, um, you can't, you can't fake it when you're going through depression. It's very real. It's very scary place. Um, but, uh, once I did finally get to this point where I was, I was so close to parking my car on the train track and then this train came by and it just, I just screamed no. Like I could feel the devil trying so hard to, t- to take me away. It's very demonic. Depression is a very demonic, scary thing. For me it was. And uh, I just screamed no and then I drove to my mom's house instead of to my house and crawled in her bed and told her what was happening and what was going on and the next day I went to the doctor and got on antidepressants. Thankfully, I had a really great doctor who also loved Jesus, and he explained how usually um, things aren't firing correctly in the brain, and you need help. And so my plan was for a year on antidepressants, and then to taper off and just use it to help me um, get back to normal. Mm -hmm. He also had me go to counseling, which I highly recommend, um, because through counseling, I learned how to cope with my depression and how to not just stay stuck in my head all the time because with depression if you stay stuck in your head um all those thoughts and all those lies start going so fast that you do get to that point for me I got to that point where it's just like I can't do this anymore yes I believed all the lies they were just all in my head going so fast and um the thing with antidepressants for me was when I did get off of them the first time my body started having withdrawals and then I had to get on them a second time Mm -hmm. and I had gotten off of them right before I met Madi the second time. It was about a year and a half that I'd been on them and um, then I started going through withdrawals again like a year later. Do you remember? Yeah. And so I went, I knew I didn't want to take them anymore. You were going to say something? What what did that feel like for you? It felt worse when I went through the withdrawal and it was like a year later it was a year after I got off it felt like it felt worse than when I started the antidepressants I couldn't control my feelings I saw red I was angry like it was just like bursts of emotion and like big emotion and kind of like a toddler Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of like Apollo Um, and it was scary and I was very depressed this was like right before no it was a couple years before we started going to more that this happened um Anyways, I I went to a local natural vitamin shop here where I met my friend Eden and um, told her what was going on. And she helped me get on natural stuff that would help reboost all my hormones and all those levels. And I took 5-HTP and taurine. I think that was all I took. And my God, it was like night and day. Mm-hmm. It just kind of helped Game boost it and that was almost eight years ago it was like right at the beginning of our marriage and now i don't take i don't have to take them anymore i probably should right now in this season take some you probably should too um mm-hmm. but just to kind of boost everything back up and uh, help your body relearn how to fire and what levels you need um but those are those are game changers and um I think the first time I got off of them, if I had known that, I would have never had to get on them a second time. Yeah. Because I was having withdrawals and my body didn't know how to refunction. And 
if you use antidepressants, like I have nothing against them, but I know that that coming off of them was so hard and I knew I didn't want to be on them long-term for um, several reasons, just personal reasons. But I know a lot of people, they just do better with them. I did when I was on them. Um, but there's also some that don't work well with everyone's body. So my first suggestion would be one, try something like 5-HTP and taurine. Um, they really do help. I don't know the exact reasons. I'd have to re-ask Eden. I don't remember what they do, but they, it was night and day. Um, but what, so I do want to read, I don't know that you've ever had this, but I talked about how my counselor taught me to start writing and I've always journaled money. It makes fun of me. Our kids will have a lot to read when I pass away. So I have journals Not on journals. <laughs> Gives me a hard time. It's it's true. I have boxes of journals. Boxes of journals. But this journal in particular, um, I call my book of Psalms because I love David in the Bible. Um, because he is very real to me. He, mm -hmm. if you've ever read Psalms, most of his Psalms are like, oh my God, everyone's against me. The whole world's falling apart. And all his troubles and weary spirit and then he's like but god you are faithful and you hold me by your right hand and i can overcome this and all that and he he would talk he would just let everything out and bear his soul and everything he felt and then he would speak god's promises and truth back into all those feelings and this is that journal for me and i've had it i think since 09 or 08 um i think the 09 is when it started but uh this, I wrote this journal entry February 14th, 2009. And it is something I wrote because I wanted to remember what depression felt like. And um, this describes it in the best way. And so for people who don't understand depression, especially clinical depression where you're just lost, um, this is what it felt like for me. And I wrote this when I was like deep in my depression. It was before... Um, I was really healing. Like it was the beginning of it. Um, mm -hmm. I just started counseling anyways. It's, it's a scary place. The darkness in my mind filled with evil thoughts brought on by the devil. The mind is a very powerful thing. It can trick you and tell you lies, but my God is the most powerful and he lives in me. He is my strength when I am weak. It's like an out of body experience, not the cool kind. It's as if someone else is controlling my thoughts, and I know it's not me. I feel like I'm at the end of a long hallway screaming for help, but I can't control myself, and I can't be heard. Thoughts of, oh, you could flip this car. Oh, if you weren't here, it would be so much easier for everyone else. Lies. All lies. And I'm screaming this inside, but something is holding on to me, and the voice gets louder. I can't stop it. I feel as if I have to run away from myself. I'm scared of myself who isn't me. I can't be alone in my head. I need distractions. I need to hear people's voices. But because my God is strong and he lives in me, I reach out. I cry for help. I cry for that distraction so I can calm myself down and get my emotions in check. So I can stop the voice of lies. It's a scary place and it's hard to escape, hard to control. The thoughts that everyone hates you and you're driving them nuts. You're strange and no person will ever love you. Again, more lies, more lies. So I pray and remember the truth that God loves me. And I'm never alone, that he's placed me right where I need to be with my Nathans and my friends and family who lift me up and point my eyes back to the sky where my true hope rests. 
where the lies end and the truth begins. It's a beautiful love. It's never ending. It's unchanging. I will be healed and I will be delivered. Um, which I didn't, I didn't know where this journal was. Mm -hmm. And then I found it like last week or two weeks ago, I think it was when mm -hmm. Daryl, we had just found out Daryl passed away and I was like looking for something else. And it was on the, it was just on the ground over there on the floor in the basement. And I was like, whoa. So I started reading all this and, um, it was really cool to read it and to know where I was and where I am now. Um, cause it's, it hasn't gotten that dark since I've known you and since I've gone on those vitamins. Um, but it's been that dark in my life. And, um, I want to talk about, because when I was in college and I was in that season, nobody knew how to deal with a friend who had depression. They mm -hmm. thought it was just so oh, fake until you make it. I mean, we were all kids. We didn't know anything. Um, and I was like, yeah, I tried. You, you just can't. But you have helped me so much through my depression in the eight years that we've been married and together. Um, and that's what I want to talk about because for things for me, yes, journaling. And it's something I started doing mm -hmm. the day after we found out Daryl had passed away. Um, because the day we found out, oh, Jesus, help me. I didn't think so. I wasn't planning on talking about him. Uh, I had all these thoughts and these regrets because he was going to be on the podcast. And I had all these thoughts and what I sh never told. Oh, I should have told him how important it was that he did that and how healing it was that he did that. And all these thoughts and feelings. And then they just start swirling through your head, which makes mm -hmm. you depressed and makes you live in regret. And that's what the enemy wants. And finally, I woke up. You had to go back to work the next day. And I just started writing out everything he had done for me, like as if he was going to read it. <laughs> And just to get those things out, all those feelings that I had, like all the, man, I, I should have, I wish I would have. I, you know, why didn't I? Um, which is what you always feel through loss, but writing it out um, helped calm my brain back down. Just like when I go in my depression spiral, getting out everything that I was yeah. feeling and hearing and writing it on paper helps you like come back down to earth kind of because when you're up in your head it's it's scary and it's suffocating and that's how it I, out. yeah that's how i felt with all the regrets i have the things i should have said and that i never did um i felt like i was drowning again in a different way you know and so writing out all those things to him helped you know so if you're that's always my suggestion. If you're going through something, if you are one of my friends who's feeling all the same regret and pain, I would say write all of it out. You don't have to post it on Facebook. I did post some of it. And I keep posting little bits um, when I feel comfortable. But I started, I've been wanting to write a book for a long time, like a memoir of all the things that we've been through, kind of stories that we share on the podcast and everything. And um, that day, I just was like, Daryl's going to be the first chapter and just the things that he did for us and for me in my life and that he was an answered prayer. I prayed for someone like him, a pastor like him for like five or six years before I met him. And uh, just to write about the goodness of Jesus in him and who he was. And um, so I just started writing my book 
And it helped me because I got to just express all those things that I was feeling. And mm-hmm. so whether it's you're you're one of my friends who's feeling this pain, tell him, write him a letter. He sees it. He knows it. Uh, he hears it. Um, but it'll help you um, get it out of your head because it needs to come out of your head. If you're feeling like people don't love you or people hate you or you're, you know, your pain, because that's often a feeling with depression. You just, oh, everyone will be better if I'm not here. Write that out and then write things, good things out about, you know, oh, well, I did this and this is the truth and this is our relationship and this is the truth of that relationship. But who does God say you are? Because God says you're beautiful and God says you're kind and God says he loves you and you're perfect. Like God is at your side. He's never left it. He will, you know, in those moments where I was in my suicidal attempt, like I've through my healing, gotten to go back and I saw God right there by my side. Like mm-hmm. he's the one who saved me. He's the one who helped me. And, um, he never leaves no matter what you think. Um, so one thing, so a couple of things, do you want to talk about how, being someone married to someone through depression? Um, I mean, it's very real. And I know it, I look for, I can, look and see the signs of when you're starting to um, feel depressed or, I mean, I, I just, I know it. So I try to be supportive and I know what you need. What signs do I give off? Um, you want to be alone. <laughs> Isolate. Yeah. You don't want to go anywhere. Um, you cry a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I do cry a lot. <laughs> I usually have breakdowns. Or you get really angry really fast, real snappy. Um, but it's usually because you're you're in a funk. Dealing with something in my head. Yep. I'm going to adjust your mic because it's blocked. Okay. There? Yeah, it was just like way over here. That's usually when I can't get your audio right. <laughs> um, yeah, those are good points. I do snap a lot because, and it has not, I tell the kids, I've learned to tell the kids, like, why don't you go outside for 20 minutes before I lose my crap on y'all and y'all have done nothing. I'm just, I'm trying to deal with something right now. Um, and this time it's both of us. So it's a little bit different, really hard. which I know a lot of our church families feeling, you know, yeah. both people were tend to, I mean, we're all mourning everyone. So it's kind of hard to. Be the supportive spouse. When when you, yes, when I'm going through the kind of same thing. Yeah. And and so we both kind of have to have our moments each. Yeah. I think I noticed something in the last couple of weeks because we are both, I and mean, we had other stuff that we we're dealing with um, from June, and that we're still trying. We were still trying to work through, and I feel like God's really moving in that now, finally. And um, there's just trusting Him with all the stuff that happened with your family and. Um, but I noticed that we would fight about dumb stuff and that you, you were doing things that I do. Like you were snapping or you were feeling unloved or unsupported. And then I would realize it's, it was your pain, you know, yeah. and you either, you need space when you're going through your stuff and mm-hmm. I need comfort. Yeah. Um, you need me to just be quiet and leave you alone where I need you, I need to be hugged or held or I need a physical touch. I need um, one of the things that helps me a lot. Like when I'm spinning, 
is what I like to call it. It's just, just start spinning and I can't shut up and just make it a fight worse. That doesn't even need to be a fight. And I always have started to tell you, just hug me, which is hard for you. Cause usually I've started this stupid fight. They're like, we well, just, and you're like, stop talking. I'm like, just hug me, just hug me. And you're like, just stop talking. And I'm like, if you just hug me, I could just, I could come back down to earth. And Apollo, Apollo's the one who taught me this about myself because I'll start getting after Amaya or him and he'll just hug me mm-hmm. and tell me it's okay or something. Yeah. And then I just catch my breath and I'm like, thank you. He taught me that about myself. Mm-hmm. Like he just knew it instinctively. And so that's why I've been having to tell him like, please hug me, please hug me. Like you don't have to want to hug me, just do it. And I'll, I'll calm, I'll come back down. I'll stop spinning. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something I've just recently learned about myself because there's sometimes and you're like, why can't you just stop? And I cannot stop talking. I have to like walk into another room because I can't. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. I know people are like self-control. I'm like literally it's it gets so wound up that I cannot stop unless someone will hug me because um, my head just goes so fast. Um, so that's something Apollo recently taught me. About myself, and it's not everyone's thing. It's not Maddie's. Like, Maddie was crying the other day, and I just knew that she needed space. You uh, you let Amaya comfort you, and I just walked away. And I knew that you wouldn't feel unloved if I walked away. I knew you would feel like I was loving you by walking away. And I just went and sat in the living room waited for you mm-hmm. to calm down. Which is, you know, people are different. And you just have to learn what your person or your friend, whatever, what their thing is. And... And ask them, you know, I just finally told Monica, she's like, no, I'm not going to hug you. I'm like, like, literally, it'll stop. It'll help me stop. I did. But I had to, like, actually tell you that because you're like, it didn't make sense when I was saying it in the mm-hmm. moment. Then later, I was like, if you just do it, like, literally, I'll catch my breath and I'll be okay. And I'll stop. It'll benefit you more than anything. Um, another thing that you started doing, because I... Went through a really bad depression right before we started going to more, which we've kind of talked about. Like I was just finally, I was finally like, I had said, I'm either going to have to get on antidepressants or I'm going to start smoking weed or I need a church. <laughs> I, I said that yeah. like, that was exactly what I said is I have to find a community of faith. Like, because we kept trying and we tried Catholic churches and you just, we just did not feel welcome in there. Like we didn't feel like it was home. And, uh, obviously you were raised Catholic. I was not. My mom was Catholic when she was younger before she, um, got saved and became a, I guess, non-denominational Pentecostal, whatever. Um, at the end, it's all about Jesus. Okay. Um, but I was just like, one of these things has to change. And then that was the week we were going to more for Oliver's dedication um, my nephew, Oliver, and mm-hmm. God answered that prayer. And I didn't have to start smoking weed or get on an antidepressant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I Jesus. I found more. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, but through that, you've also taught me, like, because you say, you know, I want to start being alone, which sometimes I do need to be alone. Sometimes I need to, I recharge while I'm alone. Um. Alone without the kids. Without the kids. Sometimes that's important. I'll yeah, take the kids away the for a kids. little bit. I need because I'm with them all the time. And yeah. you saw this morning they were they're just a lot sometimes. Um but you can't calm your thoughts down when you have kids screaming in the background. So Amaya's even really good about helping me with Apollo. 
because yeah. she had left town and I'd been through a lot and I was still trying to grieve, which I am, but I just, she came back into town and she kept Apollo like for two days, she would just kind of keep him away from me and let me just like, I would go lay on the bed or I'd come downstairs or, you know, and then I'd go around him for a little bit and then I'd just go back and just have like five minutes by myself. And she was really good at helping me have that time because I do need it sometimes. But, um, what you started doing for me, do you want to say what you started doing for me? I think you know what I'm talking about. What? Well, because I want to be alone, and you've taught me that that's not good for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. What made you think that? It just, it's, I know. So, Madi, I mean, she has a big family, and they always have family gatherings, and um, she would just start, she's like, come on, you got to go. I'm like, I don't want to be around anyone. I'm really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did start to help me. Uh, it taught me the importance of being around people and not just isolating being stuck in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Not just isolating myself. And, um, I've really learned the importance of that. And, um, right after we found out you decided that we should do, we should, we weren't going to have church on that Wednesday cause we it's summer, but you said, well, we should do something. We should have people over and we should to a dinner or something. We should just have people over. We need to be together. We can't wait all week. So we hosted, um, was, I, mean, I wouldn't say small group. It was a pretty big group. It was like 60 people at our house. Yeah. Probably. We have a close group. We have a really close group of friends at church. Um, we're really blessed. And uh, we invited people who've been there for years and had haven't been around. We've invited people who are new and didn't know the older People who start where, you know, I've been at more forever because um, we have a vast group of people. More is more is a vast group of people. It's like a bunch of different types of people. But um, we just made spaghetti and everyone brought a side and we had wine and it was like a communion of sorts. And because I said, you know, I feel like because um, I didn't want to. And, and you knew that. Um, but Daryl had told me several times, you need to host people. Y'all need to host people. And I'm like, Daryl, I'm not a host. <laughs> He's like, you need to do it. And that was one of the last things he said when he came to our house. And uh, I could just hear him saying, you can do it. It's time to do it. And I'm like, no, I just want to lay in my bed. Thank you. Um, but we did. And it, it was it was healing. It was hard when we all first got here. But when we had wine and we had food and we had community and it's better to mourn together than to, you know, isolation breeds fear and isolation is hard. It's hard to be isolated. Um, I think that's why 2020 was so hard on people because that's why depression rates went up. That's why suicide rates went up. And uh, because being alone is, we were never meant to be alone. Um, We're meant to be in community. Always. And um, mourning in community is very important. It's like I thought of Shiva and uh, wakes and stuff like that. And, you know, they have um, Amaya's godfather when his parents passed away. Like they had the whole week. Everyone was at that house. Eating. Eating every day. Just food on food. And everyone's there together, mourning together, sharing stories about that person together, being together. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard when you're alone. And, uh. And that, like, I mean, my mom's a funeral director, but, like, past, like, history, different cultures, you would have the wake and the body would stay in the house 
for that whole week. That's how that started that process that where you're together all week. The body was in the house. So you got time to spend with them and mourn properly and have closure and speak with them and not where it's at a cat funeral home. You only have a certain amount of hours, a certain mm-hmm. amount of days that's changed. Um, but that's originally what it was like because it gave the family time to grieve and the, the friends and the people. I mean, I think we're all family when you love someone the way we loved him. Um, and it just felt right. And then someone else hosted something that Saturday after the funeral and then the next Saturday, someone else. And I just think when you're going through depression or you're going through loss or you're going through something, I think the, I didn't believe this in the beginning. I was like, no, Marty, it's that. No, I just need to be alone. Um, mm-hmm. It's important to surround yourself with people who love you and I mean, even when we weren't with our church family, we would go over to our best friend Matt and Tino's house. And um, I didn't have to be happy over there. Like, because I feel so safe with him. There was, I mean, y'all would be like, why are you mad? I wasn't mad. I was just thinking and I was sad. And I was with people who I felt safe enough that I could just be sad there. I didn't have to be sad alone in my room. Yeah. I. I'm safe enough where when I was in college, I couldn't do that because my friends fake it, you know, and and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying like, if you're, you know, someone who's just hurting and they come to your house, they trust you one, they're trusting you with their feelings and you, they don't have to talk or anything. Mm -hmm. Just you letting them be there and continuing on. Like, it's like, I laughed and I had fun, but a lot of it, I was just, zoned out mm-hmm. because I was hurting. I'm very hurt. And uh I think that's important. It says mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. Sometimes mourning with those who mourn, you just need to they just need someone to sit next to them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk. You can put on a TV show. You listen when they need to listen. You can love on them if that's what you feel they need. But I think depression is scary to people because we don't talk about it enough. Um, but it's a very normal and real thing. It's a mental health thing. It's like a sickness. It is very real. And man, when you go through something that's brutal, you can't help. I don't know that you can help but feel depression because change is scary and the unknown is scary and the uncertainty of things is scary and um, I just keep having to remind myself that God is God is still good. Um, that the heart of who Daryl was and is the DNA. They say the DNA, his spiritual DNA, is in all of us at our church, and that we all carry different pieces of him. Um, that he ins- just kind of dropped in each of us. He dropped a little bit of him in all of us, and. Um, and I want to say, God's not afraid of your anger. Like if, I've been mad at God and I've told him I'm mad and he's okay with that. He's not offended. He's not hurt. He knows. I always tell him, I am like, it's okay to be mad at me. You can be mad at me. I'm not going to be mad at you because you're mad at me. Like, you can feel that. Mm-hmm. Don't be mean to me. But you can be mad because I feel like 
that's how our father is. That's how God is. God, father, mother, whatever you want to call them. They're not afraid of your pain and your anger at all. And it's honoring and it shows that relationship and that trust with God that I can be like, I'm mad at you right now. I'm mad at you for all the crap. That's It feels like a lot of crap's happening. Not just to us, not just because of this loss, but like a bunch of other stuff with our friends. Weird crap. It's just crazy. And it's the enemy wants to rock our faith so bad. So bad. Um, but God's not afraid of your anger or your hurt or your pain. It doesn't catch him off guard. I think it's honoring. Sorry, my hands Sleep, honoring to him that we can be honest with him and it's healing for us that we can be honest and he's like it's okay i love you anyway thanks for telling me <laughs> yeah i know i understand um i don't know do you have any you haven't talked a lot but <laughs> I, I, I expected you to yeah. talk more um, just because you are the one who supports me. I said the ways that I feel like you support me. Um, taking me on a date and getting me away from the kids if you have kids. Oh, yeah, do that a lot. That's very important. When We're, I know you're down. Let's, hey, let me usually call your mom. You've hey, already called her, yeah. Already called her. Can you please? Of course. And I'm like, get ready when I get off work. And you're always like, for what? <laughs> So we're getting out of the house mm-hmm. and we just go have dinner. We just me and you, we talk, talk yeah. and enjoy um, wherever we're at. Mm-hmm. But it gives you time away to be in a different environment. I know you're here a lot. And so, yeah, alone because you obviously can't really communicate with the kids about your feelings. Yeah. So, I you know, it's important for us to. Get away and, and you can talk. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah, it's so important. But our being with friends. Last night we went on a little baseball yes. date without the kids and it was some friends. Having adult time to nice. talk. I mean, when you talk to your friends or your friends mm-hmm. are they know you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that too, to be able to call you if you are the person going through depression or you know someone going through depression and you're a mom too, like being able to be that person that they can call and be like, I just really need to get out of my house. I'm having a hard time. Or can you come um, watch the kids for 30 minutes so I can just just go be? Um, being that safe place that mm-hmm. they don't, you don't have to ask questions. You're just like, yes, come. Um, yeah. You know, this is a really weird situation to be in. I've never grieved the way I'm grieving. Yeah. And I've... I thought about it a lot and I was like, it's because I'm not just grieving for myself. I'm grieving for your pain. I'm grieving for my best friend's pain. I'm grieving for the whole church family's pain. I'm grieving, not just grieving for myself. I'm grieving for all yeah. of us. And that's big. And to be able to support your, your big. friend, Daryl yeah. was big. He was very important. Um, yes. Some people Still don't is. understand what it's like. It's like, Oh, we lost pastor. No, like he was a teacher. He was a friend. He was one of the first people who came and visited us when Apollo was born. Mm-hmm. Um, he's prayed over Apollo when I was pregnant. You know, like he was so much more than just a pastor. He was so good. So, um, like even one of my friends 
um, came over and said, you can, come, you can do whatever you need. We don't have to talk. I got Bailey's. I got coffee. What do you need? You mm-hmm. can, whatever you need, I'm here for it. Because sometimes when we're in our pain, that's all we need to and hear. Is that and people won't, most people won't tell you exactly what they need because you're, you're so sad. You're so depressed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all you need to do is just be there. Just yeah. show up. Yeah. Show up. Show them that you love them. Show up anyways. Take them care package. Like, yeah. Um, no one's going to say, oh, yeah, can you go get me? Nobody's coffee. Um, yeah. yeah. Can you come hug me? No, you just go with your heart. And if you feel, if you feel, this is another thing I've understood. If you feel something on your heart, like, Oh, that person comes to your heart, call them. Mm-hmm. They might be going so, through something that day that you have no idea about. And the Holy Spirit's trying to say, Hey, call this person. They need your call. Yeah. And it could change their whole day. They could be in a moment of, suicidal thought you don't know they could be through any kind of moment yeah and you feel them. you call them right away you call them as soon as you can and you let them know they're loved and they're seen because that's sometimes the most important thing for someone going through depression they feel like everyone hates them or they're alone or the pain is so unbearable that nobody could stand to be around it like you don't have to know what to say you just need to be there just show up yeah important it's very healing for me I mean, I went to the park and we just sat with my friend and the boys played and it's harder to talk when you have toddlers, but, um, just to not be alone is really, really important when you're hurting because when you're alone, yeah, all those thoughts start going and it gets real bad. You start spinning and you feel like you can't breathe. So I don't know. I mean. There's not a lot of things, but they're very powerful things. Write it out. Write in a journal. Write on your computer, on your phone, whatever you have. You Everyone has a phone with notes. Just try to get it out as quickly as you can because the longer it stays in there, those thoughts, those lies, those fears, those regrets, yeah. the more suffocating it becomes. And if you can just get it out and see it, that's what my counselor told me, if you can just see it, then mm-hmm. you can see how real or how not real it actually is. And uh, don't isolate too much. Mm. Be around people. You don't have to fake it till you make it. You can be around you. Try to find friends who are safe enough to just go be sad over there. But that way you're not alone. They love you. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care that you show up sad. Sometimes you just need to send someone a text. Mm-hmm. Hey, love mm-hmm. you. Hope you're okay. Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, being kind, being kind to one another. I mean, people post so many things on Facebook. Obviously, some of them you can tell that they're they're definitely going through something. Mm-hmm. Why, don't, why don't you reach out to them? Yeah, you don't have to post it on the post. It's yeah. more personal to like if it's a messenger. Message them, hey, hope you're doing okay. Call. I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, anything. Yeah. But being kind to one another, loving, showing showing your love. Mm-hmm. I think that's important mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Everyone. Period. For every, just humankind. Yes. Human yes. kindness <laughs> is so important. It's like part of loving yourself like you love your neighbor. Compliments. Com- I mean, oh, those go along with so good. I like your new earrings. I like your hair. Daryl would give the best. I'd be feeling. 
sad or something walking oh look i you you look so pretty today and it just like totally game changer mm-hmm. but yeah he always said where's your pretty wife where's that pretty little wife of yours <laughs> she's on her way he always asked um but stuff like that you care about people's lives and you let them know you care about their mm-hmm. lives i think we spend too much time not doing that one thing um this isn't on depression. This is something that can be beneficial for people in general. I saw the post that said, I think my sister posted, don't wait until funerals to say all the things we should do this at birthdays. So much is left unsaid. And that was something we started last year. I had seen that something where people write letters or they compliment people mm-hmm. on their birthdays. And I said, I, I just, I don't know how it happened. It just happened. We had my birthday with a small group of friends and everyone went around the table and said something that they love about me and that. encouraged me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was the best, but I think there was 10 of us there, maybe 12. It was the best, most healing thing for me. Cause you know, you're going into a new year and to be started being encouraged by the people who love you the most mm-hmm. was important. And then we did it, um, recently, like three, Oh, I don't know. Now it's been three or four weeks. Uh, our friend had his birthday and, there was a group of us and it didn't mean to happen, but it just kind of organically happened. And Daryl was there at the birthday party mm-hmm. and um, we got to hear what he loved about Todrick and we all got to say it. And I mean, I was crying listening to, it was one thing for me to hear it about myself, mm-hmm. but to hear what everyone loved about someone I love and admire my friend, yeah. it was, he, it was so, so important. And I think that's mm-hmm. important that as humans we don't we're so afraid to compliment people or just say how we actually mm-hmm. feel like the things we love and then we regret it that mm-hmm. we didn't do it at their funerals and it's like man we got to do that it was so great yeah. to hear how much little things that todrick mm-hmm. people loved about todrick our friend and uh i was like oh yeah i love that too and i love that about it. and like we're yeah. like you know and build each other up and uh I know he's someone who struggles with the same things. We have very similar things with depression and suicide. And um, we're both on the worship team together. I love him. He's my brother. He calls us sissy. Um, I love his family. But uh, just to get to do that, you know, like yeah. we should, that's what birthdays should be. Not presence and not this, but your, your actual presence and tell them what you love about them. Yeah, because it's important. It's so important. We got to, Better, better. be better about doing that as as humankind like it's humankind it should be we should be kind and it's healing it, it is mm-hmm. and we're still gonna have your birthday we've been through a lot since your birthday <laughs> happened <laughs> been through a whole freaking lot um it has been rough. since your birthday um but i haven't forgotten oh and we can have it late it's fine but anyways i think that's so, yeah. If you know someone going through depression, again, please share this with them. If you listen to the whole thing, thank you so much. Like, subscribe, hit that bell. Please leave comments on um, Apple Podcasts too. They really do help me. And uh, I just, you know, with the podcast and YouTube, whatever, I just really want to get the message I feel on my heart out to as many people as I can. And I really can't do that without people sharing it and sending it to people. And if you have been someone who shared it, I know people have been, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, Our calling on our heart is 
to be the couple we wish we could have seen growing up and to be that light in the show you can be in a same sex or well, I guess you could call it LGBTQ relationship and have Jesus at the center and the foundation. And he is our foundation. And we would not have gotten through the last two weeks or the last month and a half without him being the center because eight years. Yeah. yeah well, I'm sure. saying the no, last, I know. <laughs> yeah, we would not have gotten through any of that. And uh, our church and our pastor helped save our marriage too. For sure. Like I, I love that I can be like, you know, going to church and this church that we go to and the love that we're surrounded by and seeing other people love like that is what saved our marriage yeah and healed it and continues to um so anyways until next time have a great one thank you thank you hey guys thanks for listening to my mom's podcast be sure to hit that subscribe button turn on the notifications and give this video a big thumbs up also thanks for your comments and your feedback. Hey guys, thanks. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to my podcast. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs>